So today we're talking about strength and protection, overcoming in the last days, strength and protection for the last days. And um, what I want to start with, if you could pull it up, is Matthew 24. And uh, then uh, if you could grab, buddy, 2 Timothy 3, 1 through 7. Yep. So Matthew 24, 24. And yesterday, uh, one, of my, one of the mentors in my life and, and one of my pastors is Pastor J.B. Whitfield. And occasionally, on a regular basis, he will send out a text. Uh, a lot of times I believe in what he's talking about uh, on Sunday morning at his church, but he'll send out some notes and some points and, uh, to the ministers yeah. that, that look to him as, as a leader. And so he sent me something yesterday along these lines. And as soon as he sent it to me, I thought, we need to teach on that. We need to spend some time on that. And uh, it wasn't exactly all the notes that we're going to give you today, but it was just the general point that in the last days, there's going to be challenges and attacks yeah. and deceptions, and we need to be prepared for it. Jesus talked about that so that we would be prepared. And what level of attacks and temptations and deception is it going to be? In the last days, there's going to be deceptions and temptations and attacks. Yeah. What level is it going to be? Yeah. Matthew 24, 24 gives us that. So It says, for false Christs and false prophets will arise and will show great signs and wonders so as to mislead, if possible, even the elect. So now this verse is talking about the tribulation period of time, and which we are not in yet. We are in tribulation, but not great tribulation. Mm -hmm. And there is a difference between the two. You have tribulation, then you have great tribulation, but then you have the tribulation period of time, uh, at least seven years. Yeah. These verses are talking about those seven years. And uh, one of the things that you'll see is that it shows you that as you go on into this time, the deception will be so big that even believers could be deceived and fall away. Yeah. That's some pretty major deception. That's some really, really major deception. Now, you have the last days, and you have the last of the last days, and that's what we're in now, but we're not into that apocalyptic tribulation period of time. Uh, Jesus will return. He'll call to himself the believers. And uh, this is not the second coming of Christ. The second coming of Christ is when he steps foot on the Mount of Olives after the tribulation period of time. But one of the things that you'll see in tribulation will be, there will be people that become born again during that period. And there will be elect. There will be people who are elected through their belief in Christ. They will become born again. They'll go through that tribulation period. And what he's saying is if he didn't cut the time short, uh, even some of those believers would basically commit the unpardonable sin and fall for a false Christ. Yeah. And he, the Bible says it. This is how big deception will be. Well, that deception will start before the tribulation, and I would say that those deceptions have started now. The rise of the Antichrist system yeah. is in full effect at this moment. Mm -hmm. At this moment. The next thing we're going to look at is, are we in the last days? So you have the tribulation period, which is literally the period 
on the end of the sentence of the last days. It is the last of the last. But right before that, you have the last of the last days, then you, and then you have the last days. Literally, the last days started at Pentecost, where it says, in the last days, yeah. uh, they, his spirit will be poured out. So this church age of grace started 2,000 years ago, 50 days after the resurrection at Pentecost. We, we definitely know it, it was in effect then. Um, so then you have the last days period. Then you have the last of the last days, which is what we're in right now. And then after that, you have the final days in the tribulation. Yeah. Okay. Now, he says this deception gets so rampant that even believers could fall away. Well, how can you stay in the place where you're not deceived? And just this past week or so, I was talking to a pastor who told his congregation, he said, and when I said what I said, he said, my congregation, there were multiple people in there that gasped. He said, listen, the mark of the beast, you know, how many people basically, how many people think that they will take the mark of the beast? And of course, nobody in the church is, you know, looking to believe in that, that they would fall for that. He said, did you know they've already done a dry run for this? Do you know that they've already done a trial of this? And he says, here's what it looks like. You can't work and feed your family unless you get the mark. Yeah. He said, this just happened. Mm -hmm. You can't work if you don't have these papers. You can't get... You can't go to work unless you get these papers. That's a that's a trial run yeah. for that. They're setting up, and and you would be surprised how many people were under pressure. How many? He said, when I said that, and they realized what had happened over the last two years. He said their mouths dropped open. Many of them, their eyes got wide, and they saw it. What does that tell us? That means that the majority of even believers yeah. in a good church yeah. were deceived by what was actually going on. They didn't recognize an Antichrist system when it was right in front of their face yeah. as a dry run. People are going to receive the mark yeah. and ditch Christ. They will commit the unpardonable sin and give their allegiance to the Antichrist yeah. in this period of time yeah. because they feel like it's the only way for them to survive and they don't trust God as their source in that moment. And it's going to be compelling, and it's going to be deceptive. Well, there's going to be deception long before we get to that tribulation time, and we are seeing it right now. Remember, the Antichrist system is anything that's basically coming against the anointing and the anointed one, the anointed one and his anointing. And it's going to come, and it's going to try to set up a source that is not God. It's going to try and make government our source. It's going to try and make the healthcare system our our source. It's going to try and make (laughs) our jobs our source. Anything that doesn't make God the source, it's going to push towards away from God and push towards a worldly system of being our source. Well, these things have been growing over the years. In order, here's the thing though, most people, I would say that most people's belief is that they won't be deceived by this. But yet, if you look at the last few years, the multitudes were deceived by this. I mean, the multitudes uh, were ready to go. Yeah. I mean, they're ready to go. And I, I always had a hard time 
believing, especially that America could get to the place where, where most of America would receive the mark. I don't have a hard time believing that no. anymore. I, I don't have a hard time believing that at all. And so what does that mean? It means that as believers, we need to be very up-to-date in our spiritual stance. We need to be up-to-date in our knowledge of the Word. We need to be in tune with the Spirit of God. Yeah. We need to be in tune with the Spirit of God and recognize that as, as we're doing things, if the Holy Spirit says, I want you to do this instead, that we are ready to hear that yeah. and move, even if it's contrary to, you know, the whole world, right? We need to be in tune with the Spirit of God. God's given us all the tools. The great thing about this is uh, we don't have to fear uh, those things, but we do need to take seriously, be sober, and be alert to, to you know, make moves towards God and stay in the flow of the Spirit of God yeah. and not fall prey to the deceptions that we know are going to be in the world. And the moment that you think, I can't be deceived, is the moment you're already deceived. You yeah. know? Now, we're not saying that you have faith that you are deceived. We're saying that there's a, there's a corruption in the flesh that we don't have a glorified body yet, yeah. and that in that corruption lies the potential to be deceived. So what that means is that I don't rely on myself or, or my position in my own doing but I can rely on God as my source in the middle of that that I won't be deceived. In other words, Lord, I know that I could still be deceived, but I rely on you yeah. to protect me. And and when I say I rely on you, I'm not just saying that uh, I give myself to you in this one prayer now, and now for the rest of the time I'll be fine because I believed this one time. Right. No, a belief in God means that it's an ongoing obedience, an ongoing submission, and an ongoing judgment of myself so that I don't fall into a, a pit or a trap of deception later on down the road. Yeah. A lot of people miss that. They think, okay, I come to this place where I just make God my source, and, and so now from this point forward, I've arrived at a place of protection. No, protection, the blessing of God, is always an ongoing act of faith, right? Uh, without faith, it's impossible to please God, yeah. right? So I have to carry faith with me all the time. It's not just I come to a one moment in time where I put faith in God that I won't be deceived and that I will be protected, and then I can go down the road and drop faith right. and expect to be protected. No, right. it's an ongoing, constant position of faith in God as my source and obedience yeah. to whatever he's leading me to. Yeah. I have faith in his ability to protect, and I have faith in my fellowship with him, and I walk that fellowship out, not just with faith at the beginning, but faith with works yeah. following, okay? So can you see that if I don't have the works following that moment of faith, I'm not actually in faith, and so I'm not protected. So a lot of people will pray at one point when they, oh, Lord, protect me, but then they don't actually trust the Lord. They don't actually move forward in their growth and their knowledge of yeah. God in their strength in the Spirit, right? Remember what he said in uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 1. He said, now concerning spirituals, I don't want you to be ignorant, right? 
I want you to understand how to operate spiritually. Yeah. And what that's also saying in context is I want you to know how to operate in strength yeah. in the spirit. Right? Not be deceived, not not be deceived in the spirit, yeah. not but to have that strength. So now one of the things you see here that it gets so bad that if God doesn't intervene, believers were going to give up their they're going to give up their salvation if God doesn't cut the time short. And the next question is, are we in these last days? Are we in these last days? And uh, did you have something before we move on? Well, I, you were just talking about um, the need to basically continue to press into the things of God and not take where you're at for granted. Yeah. And the Lord was talking to me about that this morning. In Hebrews, when it talks about, you know, you're either on the milk of the word or on the solid food, a lot of times we kind of take it as, I've matured past the milk, now I'm on solid food. But the context of that is, you once were on solid food, and now you've gone back. And you back. went back. You yeah. went back. Yeah. So you can you can taste and see the deeper things of God and then start to regress if you're not pressing into yes. the things of God daily. That's yeah. right. There's a need for us to press forward in Christ yeah. by, the, by the Spirit of God every day, yeah. like not sit still. Um, much of the American church has sat still. They 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 got their ticket punched to heaven. Maybe they got filled with the Holy Ghost, and they think they've arrived, and yeah. they're not moving forward. And they should, you know, when you start to realize just how much God's made available to us, you start to actually see, my goodness, there is a ton of stuff for us to yeah. do and operate in, and I'm not there yet. Let me right. keep going towards that. Um, well, you start to realize that even the greatest churches are really just scratching the surface yeah. of what God has available for us. So let's look at this in 2 Timothy 3, uh, verse 1 through 7. I just want to quickly go through this and look at, um, are we in the last of the last days? Because that's what this defines. So go ahead and read uh, verse 1 and 2. But realize this. That in the last days, difficult times will come. For men will be lovers of self, lovers of money, boastful, arrogant, revelers, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy. Awesome. Keep going. Just unloving. Keep reading all of it. <laughs> okay, okay. Unloving, irreconcilable, malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, Treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied the power, avoid such men as these. For among them are those who enter into households and captivate weak women weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, always learning and never able to come to Mm. the knowledge of the truth. Okay, so now I've heard a Greek scholar break these verses down. And he, and he literally said, this is talking about the last of the last days. And he broke down each one of these items. And as he did, my mouth dropped open because I realized we're not waiting for these times yeah. to come. And this was about four or five years ago. Uh, that we're not waiting for these times to come. These times are here now. We are in this. Like every one of these are checked off and... I want to point out something because I think that this is very important is let's let's look at a, a few of these. So for example, men will be lovers of self. And I want you to see this 
what you love is what will come out of you, right? right? So lovers of self is, can it be somebody looking in the mirror being narcissistic and, you know, I love myself. Look how beautiful I am. And can it be that? Yes, it can be that. But let, let me, let's boil it down a little bit more than that. How about, no, I don't want to do it that way, God. I want to do it my way because I grew up with this and this is comfortable for me. And I know that your word says this, but this is what I think it should be. That's lovers of self. Yeah. That's lovers of self. Uh, here, let me give you another lover of self. <laughs> Y'all are smiling at me like I'm, I'm getting in, in your business or somebody's business. <laughs> no, I, the, no there's, there's things going on in my mind. <laughs> well, no, like I, the first time you ever did this, like yeah. I had thought of it the other way because I had been yeah. a lover of myself of I'm yeah. so great. And then I thought I had fixed it. And then you brought this up. I'm like, crap, no, I haven't at all. <laughs> no, I was just thinking of like people saying, well, this is who I am and I'm proud of myself. Correct. Right? Like, That's is, what I mean. This is who God made me. I, I, I am yeah. who I am. No. See, here's the thing. Anything in us that is us, that is corruption, God didn't make us that way. Yeah. God didn't make us corrupted. Yeah. The world, no, that's what you learned. Yeah. And that's what your flesh likes. Yeah. That's who your flesh is, but not the real you. That's yeah. not, I, I hate that statement. Well, this is who God made me to be. No, it's not. No, it's not. So that's a lover of self. I want, I want to hold on yeah. to my fleshly self self. Instead of releasing that and crucifying that person, you know, crucifying those things. Um, think about this. Uh, well, I would give, you know, that $1,000 offering, but I want to spend that on myself at vacation. Yeah. When God's, when God's prompting them. That's a lover of self, you know, and it gets in our business. It, it's like, and God doesn't mind you having money to spend on yourself. That That's not the issue at all. It's, when he prompts you to do it, and, yeah. and inside there's a transaction of thought that uh, says, no, I want to make sure I have this when I go do this, you well, know. And I've found for me, like, because you have this, those spiritual sides too, I found for me the more slippery and deceptive are the ones that feel like they're my choice to make. Yes. So, like, Yes. exercising no, or, yeah. or like, I don't want to do that. Well, has the Lord said it or not? This isn't hurting anybody else. It's just what I want to do. Yes. That's a lover of self, you see? Well, well, it, but it does hurt other people, see, because character issues hurt or help others in that way. And so are people in this way? Oh, my gosh, have you looked at Instagram? <laughs> Have you looked at social media? Are they lovers of self? Oh my gosh! How many people have liked my reel so far? Yes. How many people have liked my? my yes. Post? Yeah. There's a Do whole. They love me? Yeah. It. There is. Wow. Okay. Um, a question. So, just based off of that first one, are we in the last days? Yes. Yeah. Um, lovers of money. In other words, they do things for money. How many people? will take a job, but and they will honor that job, but they won't honor the assembly of the saints. Mm-hmm. That's a lover of money. How many people will do everything for that retirement and that vacation home, yeah. but they won't do something for the house of God? Uh, even, I believe it's in Malachi, where it talks about later on, it talks about you built your house. You built your house first instead of God's house. Yeah. In other words... And what is that? That's a lover of self. It's a lover of money. It's a lover of those things. 
How many people will cheat at certain things? Well, that's just how business is done. You know, it's not personal, it's business. No, it's a lover of money mm -hmm. in that way. Um, boastful, again, social media. Arrogant. Arrogant, arrogant is, is not thinking that you can be wrong. Right. You know, not, not thinking that you can be wrong in things, thinking that you always have it right and uh, being prideful about these things. This, all of these things, all of these are super prevalent in today. <laughs> so sorry, Abby put up, well, this is going nicely so far. <laughs> so Revilers. Reviler, does anybody know what a reviler means? If you do, put it in the comments. I'm getting myself together, I'm so sorry. <laughs> a reviler, I'm, in the original language, it means slanderous or evil speaking, uh, blasphemous. It can mean uh, scurrilous or uh, against man, right? So one of the things that you're doing is you're talking, you're constantly talking bad about other people. You're slandering other people and yeah. evil speaking. Um, I can tell you that is prevalent today because if somebody doesn't like your church, they'll go and they'll talk to everybody about it, yeah. you know? And used to, people had at least some moral line where they'd be like, well, I didn't like it, you know, but they would stop there, you know. Not today. They'll just, they'll go on, they'll talk about all kinds, and they do that with their coworkers. They do that with family members. They'll do that with, you know, well, I'm not gossiping. No, no, you you are gossiping, you know. <laughs> you are, you're, you're exactly gossiping, actually. Yeah. You know, I just thought you ought to know this. For what purpose? Yeah. You know? <laughs> For what purpose? Well, just to keep you safe. What, from the person that you're gossiping about? You yep. know, you're slandering? Um, this is, you know, everywhere. Disobedient to parents. Um, again, social media, really. You just go go to social media, you'll find out. We're in the last days. Uh, kids. I mean, people people laugh at kids that are being disobedient and being completely rebellious. And it's a big joke. You know, it's a big joke to mm -hmm. people that are that are disobedient mm -hmm. that way. They feel like that's the way it should be to any type of authority. Yeah. That's antichrist. Yeah. That's antichrist. And we're teaching our kids to do it and laugh at it, mm -hmm. right? And it's just grown. Ungrateful. How many people are actually thankful on a regular basis? Yeah. I love this. This is not something that I <laughs> that I planned in any way, but I found that the closer I got to God, especially when I was first, I do it all the time now, uh, but and it's more of a habit. But before it was a habit, the closer I got to God, out of my spirit came thankfulness. Like it just came, and so much so that I, I stopped. I said, Lord, I feel wrong. I feel like I'm saying thank you more than I'm praying over anything else. Yeah. Like it came out of my spirit, right? Why? Because gratefulness is a part of holiness. It's a part of godliness. And people are so ungrateful today. And that's one of the things you go into Romans 1. You see that thankfulness is directly attached to, or a lack of thankfulness is directly attached to deception. Yeah. And so if we don't want to be deceived in these last days, we need to learn how to be thankful. And we need to find the things that are worthy of thanksgiving to yeah. God. I look for them all the time. I look for them in people. I look for them in situations. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Be grateful. Yeah. Right? Uh, there, but in the last days, they'll be ungrateful, unholy. 
That unholy means that they are not separated unto God. They constantly are mixing the world with their walk with God. And, and we don't need to do that. We need to be a holy people, set apart, separated, unloving, irreconcilable. Do you know how many people I've counseled over the years? It's like, I just can't put up with that person. I just yep. can't do it. I can't do it. I'm done. That's irreconcilable, even. huh? I can't even. I can't even. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's, it's everywhere. All of these things. Yeah. Malicious gossips. In other words, they're gossiping. They're trying to hurt people. I, I see it all the time. Yeah. See it all the time. Uh, without self-control, that means they have no discipline in their spiritual walk. They have no discipline in their lives, right? They're brutal. I mean, you look at you look at again. Social media shows all of these things, mm-hmm. but brutal. You know, you you see things that are gory just for gory's sake today, just brutal for brutal sake. You know, and people that get off on that. You know, they're 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 excited to find something that's gory yeah. and gross. You know, and they enjoy that. Well, the the thing with social media, it keeps coming up. You you're not having to face people yes. and face the re, face the consequences of what you're doing. Social media allows the true character and nature of a man to be seen. Yes, yes. Without because they're not, they don't have really a in their face accountability of it. You yeah. Know, if somebody just makes a comment, they can brush it off, delete it. But they don't have a friend that's like, God, why did you say that? Why yeah. did you do that? Uh, which is, you know, you have to be mindful of those things, and we have to judge ourselves. So when we get to a place where technology allows us to do these things, and we're not super diligent in our own judgment of ourselves, we run the risk of falling into deceptions and falling into these traps that are very dangerous. And if you have a people that's not godly in the first place and not really holy in the first place, it's like so easy to fall off a cliff, yeah. like just fall off a cliff with it. So what what are we, what is one thing that we're saying is we need to judge ourselves. Yeah. We need to actively judge yourself. The Bible says judge yourself so that you're not judged, right? So this, you can put this as step one of standing strong in the last days is we need to judge ourselves. Um, so now, we might, I'm adding that to the list, so maybe mm-hmm. eight steps of what to do. So we'll see. <laughs> Judge ourselves. Um, but then it says, they're brutal. Haters of good. Haters of good. You have people that actually, they don't even, they'll see a good thing today, and it's not celebrated. It's not promoted. It, and even like, oh, well, who are you, you goody two-shoes? Like, they hate. Yeah. Seeing other people do good or receive good, yeah. you know, well, she got something that I've been believing for. <laughs> Who does she think she is? You know that kind of thing. Yeah, and it's like that's a good thing. Celebrate that. Don't you know? Because if you're actually doing what's right, you're in line for good things too. Yeah. You know. So if you get it, that means it's coming to me too. But people hate that. They don't want to see somebody else get ahead. Yeah. yeah. Um, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Of course, all of these things are, are things that just, we could spend a lot of time here. Holding to a form of godliness, they've denied its power. In other words, they have the, the shell and structure to make it look godly on the outside, but, but God says specifically here in this verse, there's no power. Yeah. 
And if there's no power, the reference and the context is, it's not me. Yeah. Yeah. It's not God. Well, what does that look like? I mean, honest, let's judge ourselves honestly. What does that look like? A shell in a form of godliness, but no real power, no genuine power to change. Well, that's the American church up and down. You know, that's the American church. Yeah. Uh, Overall, not all of them, but a large portion of them. Mm -hmm. They have done, and then the the Bible says, avoid such ministries. So if you go to a church that has no power, uh, that you're actually contradicting what God says here. Well, I, I know, but God wants me to go where my family's gone all these years. No, he doesn't. Not if they don't have power. He says, avoid such ministry. Yeah. This, again, yeah. comes back to loving yourself yeah. and your comfort and your flesh over God. That's exactly what it's talking about. Well, and this the all- Lord just brought up to me the passage in Corinthians where it says, you know, I can prophesy, but like a loud gong if I don't have love. So you yeah. can be in a church that's loud and is bold and doing seemingly great big things, but if there's not the power yeah. of God to back it up, if you're not seeing signs, wonders, revelation, yeah. the man manifestations of the Holy Spirit, and you're just emotional, getting the Holy Ghost goosebumps, but it's just your emotions, that's the same. It's no different than going into a church where the Holy Spirit's constrained. Just being loud, louder than Holy Spirit is just a God. Loud doesn't mean Holy Ghost. No. You know? um, Flamboyant doesn't mean Holy Ghost. No, it doesn't. It doesn't mean it's powerful. It just means that somebody's, you know, personality is loud in that moment. You want to see the fruit. Biblical fruit, yeah. and it should be consistent across the board of what that fruit is. You know, you want to see uh, people being born again. You want to see intimate fellowship with God. Number one thing: intimate fellowship with yeah. God yeah. in the congregation and the people. You want to talk about biblical fruit? Yeah. I was going to bring up uh, in Revelation two, the church at Ephesus. It says they were the picture perfect church. But they had denied and walked away from and fallen away from their first love. Yeah. They had fallen from their first love, and their first love was intimate fellowship with God. And so it didn't matter that they had this poster board, we're doing all these great things. God said, I will remove you as a church. I will remove your lampstand if you don't get back to loving me with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, which means I'll do it your way and have power in yeah. it. I'll do it your way. And so the first the first biblical fruit is uh, intimate fellowship with God. Second one, they win souls all the time. Everybody, not just the pastor and not just on Sunday morning. Yeah. Second thing, making disciples. People are growing. They are growing in the things of God, the power of God, the spiritual things of God. Fourth thing, they have supernatural power, signs, wonders, miracles. This is a biblical fruit that is required of believers and the church, right? They should have these things happening on a regular basis. Just last week when you you were praying uh, sometime during the service, Grayson had broken her toe, all pain completely healed during the service. In that way, I asked her yesterday. That was a week ago, like eight, nine days ago, eight days ago now. I asked her yesterday. I was like, I'll find she's like not had another thing about it, completely healed. You know, I wasn't even here. What I love that. I love that. Buddy preached. Barrett did the offering. You know, I wasn't here. Yeah. <laughs> that what does that mean? That means there's power flowing through the church, and yeah. it's not just this guy, right? That's the whole point. That's yeah. what we want to get to. I was I was literally in tears watching the service because I watched as the anointing flowed through you guys. Yeah. You know, through God. you and the offering, through you and the message, through the ministry. 
I watch the anointing flow in that way. That's the way it's supposed to be. The next thing, literally, I'm tearing up watching it. And then the next fruit is that they have supernatural revelation. You know, that we have revelation. There's Things are being revealed that it can only come supernaturally. And then the sixth fruit is the fruit of the Spirit. You should see the fruit of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, self-control. You should see the fruit of the Spirit in the people and the ministry. Yeah. This is the biblical fruit that we should carry all the time. If you're not seeing it, the Bible says avoid a church. And it should be in all of those areas, yeah. not just one. Some people just say, well, we're disciplers. That, that's just one of the fruit. Where's the rest of the fruit that's required for churches and believers? Right. You know, it's not, you're not supposed to just have one. You know? And so what you see is you know, all of these things, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, holding to a form of godliness, although they have denied its power, avoid such men as these. For among them are those who enter households, captivate weak women, weighed down with sins, led on by various impulses, and then always learning, this one, always learning, quote-unquote learning, but never able to come to the knowledge of truth, yeah. of the truth, of a truth that sets people free. Yeah. Well, what good is all of our, think about this, what good is somebody who has 10 doctorates but can't help somebody come off of that addiction? Pointless. There's no truth that's, that's manifested enough in them to bring freedom. If they know the truth and walk in the truth, they'll be free. You know, there's no truth there. There's no power there. There's no healing there. In other words, they're always learning, but never coming to a freedom in truth. Yeah. Right? They have facts. Facts about God, facts about the Bible, but no truth and power to set somebody free. We got to have truth. And truth. the difference between truth and facts is freedom. Right. There's freedom from bondages. There's a breaking of it. There's, no, there's got to be power to cast out devils, power to get people healed, power to lead them to disciple their lives so that if you let them go, they still stay after Christ. Yeah. You've got to have the biblical fruit. Only truth can do that, yeah. not just all of your learning. You know, somebody tells me they, they've gone to school all these years, like, whoop-dee-doo, what? You know, can you cast the devil out? You right. Know? Can you get somebody healed? Can you actually get somebody to have an addiction broken over their lives? I don't, you know, forget about all your education. Education can be great. Education can be worthless. Yeah. You know, and for many people, it's worthless. Yeah. Now, reading this list, verse 1 through 7, are we in the last days? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Without question. Mm -hmm. Without question. And so this is a time where we need revelation. We need uh, deception to be far from us because we are seeing things clearly. And so we already said step one of walking in protection and strength in the last days is we've got to judge ourselves. Let, read this verse, uh, 1 Corinthians 16, 13. Barrett, if you'll grab that. I want you, I want you to see this. 1 Corinthians 16, 13. I also want you to see something that's very unpolitically correct about Yay. this verse. I'm so sorry. Because <laughs> this is the one thing, part of the reason why I use the New American <laughs> Standard is it's a word-for-word uh, it, -word translation. It's not like trying to tell you what they think you should know, right, mm -hmm. which is a context-based translation. 
It's a word for word. It, it translates one word, then translates the next. And so we see it in this verse, very unpolitically correct. This is not a 2022 verse. Glory to God. It is a 2022 verse, but not according to the general population. Go ahead. Be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. <laughs> in other words, there is a characteristic that the Holy Spirit said men should carry. Yeah. And that's a strength. Yeah. And men carry that. They have that they have that as a characteristic and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay men to be strong. And that's all I'm going to say about that. And we should learn a lot just by looking at that verse. But what I want you to see is he's telling us in the last days, be on the alert yeah. or be sober. Don't be deceived and be drunk on the thought that I'm in I have Jesus, I'll be okay. Right. That's the same type of thinking that John the Baptist basically said. He said, don't think, well, I'm a child of Abraham. You know, he said, God's able to make these rocks children of, of himself, yeah. you know, children of God. He said, no, it's what you do with it that is important, what you, what you do with those things. <laughs> There's a social media trend going around right now of he acts like 10, but so Hannah put in, he acts like 10, but he doesn't act like a man. <laughs> he looks like a 10. I haven't seen that. <laughs> so Hannah's being trendy. That's and funny. funny. <laughs> so he says, be on the alert or be sober. Don't be drunk with the thought of, I can't miss it. You know, don't be drunk with the thought of, I'm in Christ, so I can, you know, I'll be protected from all deception. Do you know how many people I know that are in Christ that were deceived over the last few years? The majority yeah. of them. The majority. Kevin says, are you saying it's okay for men to be masculine? Uh, that's exactly what I'm saying, <laughs> Kevin, and the Bible backs me up in that. So, you know, anyway. And you know what? That's truth. Mm-hmm. That's, not, that's not an opinion. Yeah. It's truth that will yeah. set people free. Yeah. So, all right, now, look at this. Uh, be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. In other yeah. words, there's a wavering. <laughs> he says, that's toxic, Pastor. No, <laughs> it's freedom. It's bondage breaking is what it is. All right, so now there's a be stand firm in the faith means yeah. you're going to be tempted. He's telling us and commanding us this because you're going to be tempted to be drunk with the idea that you can't fall for it. He's telling us that you're going to be tempted to waver off of your stance of faith. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How many of us have fallen short of our faith goal or our faith project that we're, that we're on? Man, I've done it sure. so many times. And so he's telling you, if you want to win, you have to stand and stand firm. Yeah. And then, then he says this. He says, act like men. In other words... Don't, and what he's saying, the context here is act like real men. And yeah. when you look it up, it literally says act like a man. You know, when you look up the, the word, act like a man. Act like a man who, at this writing, they acted like men. You yeah. know, they didn't act like uh, what we see today. They acted strong. They yeah. acted like protectors. They acted like uh, people that would go out. And they would, you know, kill for food. They would do these things. They would protect their country. They would yeah. stand up. They, they weren't walking around, you know, acting, acting like they had no backbone. You know, they acted. That was the yeah. definition. That's what he's yeah. telling you. And he's telling this. Now watch. He's telling this, act like men in your spiritual walk. 
And he's speaking that not just to men, but to men and women in this area, put on faith and act like a man would do in the natural. You do it in the spirit. Yeah. You stand in that prayer time. You stand strong in that faith project. You stand strong. This is how we need to act. And then he says, be strong. Now, he's not just talking to men. And and this is why some some men in a chauvinist way would say, well, women don't need to do that. And no, no, that's that's incorrect. They need to. In the natural, they need to act like women. Men need to act like men. But in the spirit, every spiritual being should be strong and can be strong. They can be strong in the church. They can minister. They can prophesy. And even the word says in Joel, in the last days, your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Be strong, right? And he's telling every believer, be strong. So what we see going on in the last day is don't be drunk with the thoughts and the the deceptions of the world and like everything's okay, right? No, there's going to be problems. There's going to be deceptions. You don't have to fear it, but here's how you get out of it. Be strong, stand firm, be strong. Stand firm, be strong. Stand firm, be strong. This would solve most people's faith projects if they would just get these as absolutes in their head. Stand firm in faith, be strong. Stand firm in faith, yeah. be strong. Yeah. Stand firm in faith, be strong. Yeah. I mean, when you feel like quitting, you should hear me saying it aloud to you. Stand firm in faith, yeah. be strong. Yeah. Stand firm in faith, be strong. Stand firm in faith, be strong. Yeah. Stand firm. Yeah. You know how many people I've seen with great anointings that have lost what they had because they didn't stand firm Lots of them. and they weren't strong? Some of the most anointed people I've ever been around don't even aren't even in ministry anymore because when it came to standing firm, they didn't know how to. When it came to being strong, they didn't know how to. It wasn't an absolute to them. They were too waver, waving, uh, wave, wavery, wavery. Yeah, they were <laughs> waving all over the place. You know, and and it's like they were they just fluctuated in the in their feelings and yeah. their emotions, and they weren't standing firm. They were being blown around by everything, yeah. and they weren't standing strong. And this is not, I'm telling you, the whole point of this is, if you do this in the last days, you are directly setting yourself up for deception. Yeah. yeah. Point blank. Point blank. Well, one of the things you've told us to do here at Boomerang is keep the three parts of man in mind when we're reading the word. And so that verse that we just read, I could be wrong if I am, please correct me. But I hear that and we get, you get to the act like men part, knowing that women are going to read this, be receiving this. God's not talking to the natural person. Yeah. He's talking to the spirit being. Yeah. So in this verse, you can, you right now, me, all of us can apply faith because he's not talking to you naturally needing to be physically strong or all this other stuff. He's saying in your spirit, you have a strength available to you. Your spirit is one with Holy Spirit. You know, in the word or in the spirit, there's no, neither man nor female. There's neither Jew nor Greek. We're one with him. So reading this and then taking it on as a weight of, oh no, I've got to be on the alert all the time. Yes. I can't sleep. Oh no, I have to take the pressure of being strong all the time. Your spirit man's already linked up with Holy Spirit. So you have access to strength from on high right. all of that, the time. Whether you, you 
feel like it or not. Whether you feel like it or not, you've got access to peace, to grace, to his goodness, to his strength, to his hope, to his provision, to his answers all the time right now. So it doesn't matter what you feel about this verse. You can do it because God's already equipped you to do it. Yes. Yeah. And the very next verse after that is let all that you do be done in love. Yeah. You know, so it's not let all that you do be done in fear that if I don't do these things correctly, I'm going to die. Yeah. Like, that's not what it is. It's let all. fear and love. Yeah. Yeah. Let all that you do be done in love. And, and, that, and that's the key. That goes back to what you were saying in 1 Corinthians 13. You know, I can, like, all these things can look good and look nice and yeah. sound good and sound nice. But if there's no love in it, it's just noise. Yeah. And, um, and so, you know, as we're, like, being in the last days and, you know, being... Like one of the one of the things is people are unloving, you know, yeah. in the last yeah. days. Everything we need to do needs to be done in love. And and going back over this, I can only be on the alert if I'm in love. You know, I can only uh, stand firm in the faith For if sure. I'm in love. I can only act like a man if I'm in love. I can only be strong if I'm in love. Yeah. You know, and and, and that's where where it all comes together. Is I need to be in Him. Yes. You know, I need yeah. to be in Him. Yeah. Amen. Let's see. All right, so looking at our steps on how to be protected and strengthened in the last days, the number one thing that we said is judge yourselves righteously. If, you, if we don't have the ability to judge ourselves unbiasedly and with a righteous judgment, we are primed to be deceived and fall. Yeah. Okay? So in order to judge yourself unbiasedly, you have to be good at discerning your own bias. And it's going to be hard to do that without knowledge of the Word. All of this is going to come back to knowledge of the Word. The Bible says, judge yourself so that you're not judged. In other words, judgment will come in your life if you don't judge yourself. Mm -hmm. And he's not saying, I will judge you. He's saying, this world will judge you. There There are ways that it will come about. So, for example, if a person is lazy and they you know constantly are sleeping folding their hands they will not eat right. you know if a man doesn't work he doesn't eat that will be a judgment of this world it's not something necessarily that god's doing it will be a judgment that takes place naturally in this world so he says judge yourself so that you're not judged if we don't judge ourselves properly and with uh without a bias we are setting ourselves up to basically deceive ourselves. But without judging ourselves, righteously, we deceive ourselves. Put that in the comments, please. Without judging ourselves righteously, we deceive ourselves in God's righteousness. Without judging ourselves in God's right ways, we are deceiving ourselves, okay? And so it's one of those things where we need to make sure that we're very good at that. That is something that I've found that many, many, many people have fallen prey to is that they are not good at judging themselves. They won't. To, the world has taught them to blame other things. That's been the, the go-to. They've, the world has taught them, the corrupted world has taught them, blame other people, yeah. blame the church, blame their job, blame their boss, blame their parents, yeah. but never blame themselves because it's not you. Right, and so one of the things that we've got to get good at. This is one thing that the Bible constantly. The Bible doesn't blame society. The Bible 
takes the responsibility back to the individual person. And if, and this is one thing that you see right now, a big push in society is, well, we have to fix this process or fix this, uh, this standard in our laws and in our rules. No, you've got to fix the individual. Yeah. If you don't fix the individual, it doesn't matter what processes you have, the, the corrupted individual will tear that process apart. Yeah. Right? And the Bible's clear on that, and it always comes back yeah. to personal responsibility and building up the individual on, in morality. Yeah. And it's got it right. It works. As long as you do that, it works. But if you try to set up a structure of legalism and laws, a corrupted individual will tear those laws to pieces. And, and you see that all the time. You, know, you, let, you let morality stand as long as everybody's moral, be fine. But you let one immoral person come in, they'll take over. Yeah. Right? And so you've got to work on the individual responsibility. And a proper uh, atmosphere in our homes, in our government, everything teaches individual responsibility, not we can fix this with a program. Yeah. And this is, this is contrary to the way society sees it and is pushing right now. As that is actually an antichrist system <coughs> to get people to think something's fixed when it's actually not. They leave the, it's like if you had a sore on you and you didn't get all the germs out, you can put a Band-Aid on it and clean it up and even, you know, sew it if it was a cut. You could even put stitches in it, but underneath the surface, it's still festering and it will cause greater problems. So that's one of the things the devil does. He tries to get people to ignore something that's a real problem, right. put a Band-Aid on it and call it done, knowing the whole time that that thing can kill them. Right. Right? And that's what the devil tries to do in people. He tries to do it in any way that he can. It's anti-Christ in that way. All right, so judge ourselves properly. The second, the second thing is this. Um, hold on one second. And if you haven't done it yet, go ahead and share this broadcast because yeah. we're about to go into a list of things that people need to hear. They need to hear the beginning, the foundation of this whole thing. But if they can only get a snapshot, we're about to go into the snapshot of the list that people need to survive in these last yes. days. So, so share the broadcast right now as we hop into it. The second thing is to get real joy. Mm -hmm. Get real joy. Yeah. The joy of the Lord is your strength. If you don't have joy and understand joy, and let me just say this, joy does not equate exactly to happiness. Right. So when I say joy, I'm not necessarily saying be happy. I'm saying get real joy. Joy uh, has the ability, actually, to have a confidence in the midst of being unhappy, right. knowing that things are turning. It's, a, it's the you know, a part of hope, which is joy, confidence, and expectation. Real joy has a confidence and expectation even in the midst of turmoil and, and temptation. Put that in the comments. Real joy has a confidence and expectation even in the midst of turmoil and temptation, yeah. right? And so when you see this, uh, get real joy. Find it. Get a study on joy. Understand joy. Understand, now watch this, the joy of the Lord is a fruit of the Spirit that is available to you 100% of the time. Joy is available to a believer 
hundred percent of the time. God has not left us without joy. In other words, he's not left us without a strength. So many people think that's not possible, but that's not true. That's a lie of the enemy. We need to have joy in these last days to survive. There is a strength of joy. It says uh, in, what is it, Isaiah 12, 3, that says, with joy we draw from the wells of salvation. Yeah. Yeah. So that means when I need saving in these last days, what's going to be the bucket? Joy. Joy. Yeah. Joy is going to be what pulls that to me. I need to get joy. I need to understand joy. I think, do we have a series on joy? We've talked We've about it quite a bit, about but it. you can even search for uh, series search in the What's Right channel and Brian Wright channel. Search for joy and uh, see that. So joy is that bucket that will bring us the yeah. salvation that we need. Yeah. So step two, get real joy. It is our strength. Yeah. Step three, where does joy come from? The Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Be filled with the Spirit of God. Yeah. And uh, Ephesians five eighteen says, be the context of it, in our English, it doesn't say it well. This is how it would say it if it said it right in English. Be constantly being filled with the Spirit. Yeah. In other words, be baptized with the Spirit constantly. Yeah. Over and over and over and over again. Be filled up and overflowing with the Spirit of God. We see that the Holy Spirit is the Spirit of joy. The Holy Spirit is our teacher, our comforter, yeah. right? The Holy Spirit. Think about this. If if we're not in comfort, that, that means that we've not drawn properly on the Spirit. Yeah. That I understand. Mm-hmm. If we're not in comfort, if we're not in joy, then we have not properly drawn on yeah. the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Can you see that? Yeah. He that's who he is. That's his character and nature. Yeah. And so he's our comfort. He's our he's our strength. He's our teacher. Right. If we have things that we need to be taught, that means it, we can we can be taught it by the Holy Ghost. And if we haven't, then we haven't properly drawn on the Holy Spirit as our teacher. Yeah. Right. So there's things that we need that is in God in the Holy Spirit. Specifically, He commands us be constantly filled with the Spirit, and so we need to do that. We need to make sure it's an ongoing verb. That's a, a ongoing, ever present tense of saying, be being filled, be constantly filled with the Spirit. In these last days, we need to be filled with the Spirit. The fourth step to strength and protection in the last days is submit to fivefold ministers. Submit to them. Their ministry is necessary. Will you pull up Ephesians 4 and start in verse 11? And uh, the fivefold ministry is also called the Ascension Gifts. Uh, in Ephesians uh, 4, 8, it says, When he ascended on high, Jesus, when Jesus ascended on high, he gave gifts unto men. In verse yeah. 11, it starts describing those, and it says, He gave apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So one of the things that you see is in that fivefold ministry or the ascension gifts, these are gifts that Jesus gave to the church for a purpose, for a blessing. Yeah. It's not that they have no purpose in our life, but they have an anointing to do things in our life we can't receive any other way. Yeah. That anointing is designed to come through those gifts 
It doesn't come another way. So if you ignore them, there's a piece of your blessing you will not have. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, read uh, verse 11 and keep going until I tell you. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of service, to the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a mature man to the measure of the stature which belongs to the fullness of Christ. As a result, we are yes. no longer... Listen to this part. As a result, we are no longer to be children tossed here and there by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by the trickery of men, by craftiness and deceitful scheming, but speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in all aspects into him who is the head, even Christ, from whom the whole body being fitted and held together by what every joint supplies according to the proper working of each individual part causes the growth of the body for the building up of itself in love. Okay, so one of the things that we see is in the ascension gifts, in the fivefold ministry gifts, you have a building up and a maturing of the saints yeah. to do the work of ministry unto the fullness of Christ and... They won't be tossed around and falling prey to deception, right? Glory because to God. They, and, but here's what I want you to see. So you can't have those things done in fullness because God said it that way. You can't have it in fullness without the fivefold ministry yeah. Yeah. in operation in, in your life. True. And so you want to be in a church that understands those fivefold giftings and has the ministry of those fivefold giftings yeah. in the body on a regular basis. Yeah. On a regular basis. So you want to have those things there. Yeah. You want to have the work of an apostle in that ministry, which we do here at Boomerang. You want to have the work of a prophet in that ministry, which we do. Multiple ones of each one of these. You want to have the work of an evangelist in that ministry. You want to have the work of a pastor, and you want to have the work of a teacher yeah. in that. And without those working in a ministry, then you will not be at the fullness that you could be. Yeah. So in these last days, if we want to not be deceived and we want to be strengthened to the fullness of the stature of Christ, we have to have the work of the fivefold ministry. Yeah. Now, just because you go to church and just because you go to church that has the working of all those doesn't mean that you're getting it. You have to be submitted to it. So in other words, you could go to church every Sunday and hear a great message, but if you never do any of those things or you never actually engage and yeah. submit to that leadership in that way, yeah. then you're not actually engaging, engaging that and you're not getting the benefit of it. You're there, you're present, but you're not partaking. That's like going to the grocery store and then walking out without buying anything and saying, I got groceries. No, you didn't get groceries. You just walked through the store where the groceries were. Right. So just because you go to a church that has that, that in operation yeah. doesn't mean that you actually are receiving it. You have to engage it, and you have to submit yourself to that system that God has created. Not yeah. man, but God. Yeah. Right? And so step uh, number four is submit yourself to fivefold ministry gifts, and their ministry is necessary in this time. A lot of people are going to fall to the wayside and really get hurt because they think they don't need that uh, supervision. They don't need to submit to that, and they're going to find themselves de deceived. Y'all seen it. 
People that think that they they knew what they and they don't. I don't need a pastor. I don't need this. I don't need that. Y'all have watched it individually. I know I've watched it, but y'all have seen it now, where people have stepped away, yeah. thinking they didn't need it, and before you know it, they are way off base. Gifted, anointed, yes. called, and yes. some even led to death. Yes, that is correct. Five. Build yourself up on the most holy faith. It says the word says praying in the spirit. Building yourself up on the most holy faith. We have to build ourselves up. We have to build ourselves up spiritually. Pray in the spirit a lot. Here's another thing about praying in the spirit. It says when you do pray in the spirit, you give thanks well. So this goes back to being grateful. So praying in the spirit is very important. But you can't pray in the spirit until you're filled with the spirit, right? You can't really walk in fullness of joy until you're filled with the spirit. This is why the devil fights the baptism of the Holy Ghost so so big. All right, Uh, step number six, study and know the word. You know, Jesus said this, you erred not knowing the scripture nor the power of God. I've never seen that verse so alive to me as what I've seen over the last few years. And specifically, not just in in congregants, but in ministers. Mm Mm-hmm. I've watched this in ministers where ministers don't know the word of God and it is it is sacking them and sacking their people on a regular basis and they're literally leading people into things they have no idea about. Yeah. And they don't even realize they're following a deception in that way and it's because they don't know the scripture. And part of the reason why is not because they don't know the scriptures there. They've not actually yielded and judged themselves and yielded their heart to what that scripture is actually saying, they took somebody's word from in their past, a teacher, an old pastor, and they've applied what they said to that word in a bias, in a slanted look at it, instead of taking this whole word like a child and saying, Lord, this is your word and I believe everything you said as a child. And they don't walk into those things. We have to study and know the word, but we have to look at it with a with a right judgment and a proper unbiased look at it as a child that believes in God in that way. Amen. If y'all have something, just jump in. Yes, sir. So the next step is we have to take thoughts captive. How can you take a thought captive without knowing what the word says? Hmm. Right? How are you going to know the thought's wrong? You won't. You won't. You'll just think it's normal. You'll just think it's there. So many people have not taken thoughts captive because they don't know the word. They don't know the word because they haven't, they haven't, one, studied it, two, or two, they haven't submitted themselves uh, to the fivefold ministries, or three, they haven't been filled with the Holy Ghost, who is their teacher, right? And because they haven't judged themselves, right? right? So all of these things, they work together, and we've got to take, but when, when we have the wrong thoughts, thoughts that are trying to speak higher than what God has said in truth, they have to take those thoughts captive. Yeah. If they don't take those thoughts captive, they're in trouble. Yeah. Uh, un, uh, uh, an unchained thought can ruin a person. Yes. Yeah. An unchained thought, a wrong, unchained yeah. thought can bring a man to ruin, period, can bring a person to ruin. Uh, a wrong, unchained thought can destroy a person. Put yeah. that in the comments. A wrong, unchained thought can destroy a person. It can and it will do it. Yeah. It will do it. it. It will lead on a path yeah. of destruction. Yeah. And I've watched it happen. Just one thought, yeah. just one little thought that they left 
unchained. They didn't take it captive and cast it down, right? And uh, one wrong, uh, exalted thought without not taken captive, uh, it can destroy a person. I've watched it happen. Well, and you, your identifier to these things that you've been saying is if it doesn't make you lift your hand in praise, it's yes. not worthy to think on. Yes. And that seems very simple, and it's because it is very simple. You know, any thought, no matter what it is, if it's not making you praise yes. God, you don't have to think about it, even if it's a tr- like a fact. Yes. In the world, like let's say your dog died. I'm not prophesying a dog died, but let's say your dog died and you just start thinking, oh, my dog, he's dead. I'm so sad. Whatever. That's a, that may be a fact, but God can turn all things together for the good of him who loves him. So even if it's a fact that you can see, taste, experience, if your hand's not being lifted, it has no right to occupy space at all. See what happens in Philippians 4, it says, think on things that are true, you know, it, it goes through a whole list yeah. and it wraps it up in Philippians 4, 8. I have it by if you saying, want it. It's okay. okay. It, it says that think on things worthy of praise. Yeah. So it wraps yeah. it up worthy of praise. So see, a dog passing away is maybe a fact. It may be a fact. But if I meditate on that fact, that fact tries to exalt itself over the truth yeah. that God will take my mourning and turn it into laughter. Which yeah. is Bible. Which is Bible, yeah. right. And so, in other words, if I meditate on my sadness and my lack, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not meditating on the character and nature of God to yeah. take that fact yeah. and turn it into joy, yeah. right? And if I, don't, if I meditate on that sadness or a past mistake, or anything like that. I'm not taking the thought captive. That's a thought that's trying to exalt itself over yeah. the character and nature of God that can turn my situation, yeah. right? Joy, you, know, you know, what is it? Morning may last for, for the evening, but, but joy, joy comes in the morning, right? And so I, I, what I would do, instead of thinking on the passing of the dog, I would immediately turn to God and say, Lord, this, this may have happened, but I know you are turning my morning to joy. You yeah. have a provision. You're not leaving me here in this place. Yeah. Thank you for the time <laughs> I had with that dog. Thank you for the gift that it was, was to me. And I'm not dishonoring it by, by honoring you. Yeah. Think about that. And that's what the devil wants to do. He wants you to dishonor the character and nature of God by sulking in the morning. Yep. He wants you to dishonor God so that you can honor the dog? Mm-hmm. Now, see, that doesn't even add up, but that's what's actually going on. He's taken away from the character and nature of yeah. God, yeah. right? He's taken away from honoring God and worshiping him so that you can honor a dog. Yeah. Like they're on the same level. They're not all, even on the same level as man, not even close, although the devil's tried to make that happen too, Yeah. right? You'll get more trouble for killing an animal's uh, fetus today than a human fetus made right. in the image and likeness of God, right? So what he's tried to do is bring the image and likeness of God down below animal level, mm-hmm. below man's level and below animal level, yeah. right? And so he tries to get us to dishonor God by honoring other things. What, what does that say? Deception in the last days, Romans 1, yeah. that you worship the creation instead of the creator. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hopefully, this is shining some light on some things. All right, so, and uh, says, Das Bible. 
<laughs> well, and truly, like you, you just you were just talking about deception. I would, I don't, I haven't looked at the rest of the list, but of the ones you've said so far, this has been one over the last two years that I've seen more prevalent than probably anything else. Yes. Tanking people one after yes. another because the thoughts. For whatever reason, the thoughts have just been running rampant. Good, solid church people. Oh, the yeah. thoughts have come in, and they're just falling by the wayside to themselves, to their own deception. We, and that's what that Ephesians yes. verse is talking about. When it says, you know, not being blown about by every wind of doctrine. I used In to Ephesians think, four, yeah. I used to think that was just the word. But no, a doctrine's just what your belief, belief system a is. Belief, yeah. So it, without a you or any other of the fivefold giftings, you can have your thoughts run wild yes. because you need someone like you to shine the light on that's your own doctrine. Yeah, and that and and it's not that God can't teach you yourself. It's just that He said those types of things will come through an ascension. Gift. Yeah, they will come through. They those ascension gifts will help you, and they're anointed to see things and bring to light things that you're not anointed to. Do for yourself in that way. Does that make you, you know, less uh, valuable? No, not at all. It's just the way that God set it up. That's yeah. all. That's all that is. And and then that's why it goes on to say every joint supplying. Don't kick out of joint because you don't want to submit to it to God's way, right? Don't kick out that joint of the body, yeah. that piece of the body, because well, I just don't like it. I don't like you, pinky toe. So I'm just going to cut you off. You're I don't walk like, pretty stupid. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. <laughs> It, it's so silly. It's yeah. so silly. And people are literally already deceived, and they don't know they've fallen for an Antichrist system in that way. And that's why they're deceived. That's why yeah. things are going absolutely nuts. Number one, because you've had leaders with a form of godliness without power, and then you've had people that were already walking in deception thinking they know something, and they don't, and yeah. they won't submit themselves so they can find out. Yeah. So it just goes deeper. They just drill the deception pit. Deeper and deeper and deeper until their life completely unravels. And I've watched yeah. it happen. I don't want it to happen to anybody else. But that's why we need, that's why we need, you know, teachers. That's why we need the yeah. ascension gifts, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. That's why we need to take our thoughts yeah. captive. You know, that verse says, think on things worthy of praise. So instead of thinking on the thing that's unworthy of praise, Think on what did God give me? Thank you. Gratefulness. Thanks, yeah. God, for the dog, the time you had with the dog, right? Praise, things worthy of praise. Thanks, God, for who he is. Despite this fact, I have a truth that will set me free from this morning. Mm -hmm. in, my, in my God, there's a joy every single day. Yeah. His mercy is new every morning. His joy is new yeah. every morning. And although yeah. today I might have been sad over that dog, I've got something to look forward to. Yeah. I'm taking that thought that's trying to loft itself above the yeah. creator, yeah. captive, casting it down, yeah. and putting on the throne thoughts worthy of praise. Amen. And I'm telling you, and here's what we're seeing. In these last days, all of this... Pressure and temptation and deceptions ramp up. And that's what we're seeing. I even had somebody say, it seems like the last few years it's gotten harder and more things have come. Yes. And there's a dividing line between people that actually <laughs> believe this word yeah. and don't. And it's going to get greater. That gulf between the two is widening even as we speak. 
And if you don't know what to do, you're going to find yourself falling into that gulf. Yeah. Right? And many Christians have already done it. Well, there's still hope for you. If you're watching this, there's hope for you right now. But you've got to change, and we have to do it the way that God led us in his truth. If you'll continue in his word, you'll know the truth, and the truth continued in will set you free, right? And so we have to do it his way. We can't do it the way we think we should do it. We have to do it the way God thinks we should. Step number eight, having done all, no matter what you see, no matter what you feel, having done all, stand. Yeah. Stand. You have to set it in your heart. I will stand no matter what I see, no matter what I feel, no matter what I go through. I will stand. Amen. I'll stand. Pure and simple. Step nine, be strong. Be strong. Step nine, be strong. Put on strength on purpose. And I'll say it this way. If you will yield in your heart, Lord, I will be strong by you and for you. What you're doing is you're sowing, you're purposing in your heart to be a sower of your feelings and your actions. God will give you grace to fulfill that strength. That's from 2 Corinthians 9. And he will give you grace to purpose in your heart to be strong and be that. And God will, you know, I would change 9 instead of just be strong. I would say purpose in your heart to be strong. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. So those are the nine steps. Number one, judge yourself righteously. Two, get real joy. Joy is your strength. Three, be filled with the Spirit. Four, submit to fivefold ministers. Their ministry is necessary. Five, build yourself up on your most holy faith. Six, study and know the Word. Seven, take thoughts captive. Eight, having done all, stand. And nine, Purpose in your heart to be strong. Yeah. Purpose, and then do it. Amen. Amen. And uh, that's the steps that I would take to be strong. The Any one of these things not done can sink you in that moment, in that temptation and deception. So you have to get good at all of these things. These are all commands. They're all things the Lord told us to do and be. And in, here's the great thing. In Him... We can do it. Yeah. And we already have all the tools in Christ to do every bit of that yeah. and never miss it. Glory to God. Yeah. We have the ability to never miss that because he's already given us the things to fulfill all of those steps. Yeah. He's given it to Glory us all. To so it's not like these are things I can just make a real decision, a real commitment, and it's done. Yeah. But I have to make those I have to make those steps. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. See something? Learn something? Yes, sir. Did you see something or learn something? Amen. Were there any questions or anything, or did y'all have anything else uh, to add or any points in this? Not at the moment. I didn't see anything in the comments either. All right. Good, good. Did this help you? And and can you, has anybody, you know, have you seen where it feels like it's ramped up over these last few years? I I have. Like, I've felt like it's like it intensified. Over the last two to three years, it has intensified. The spiritual warfare has intensified. And you found out really quickly who was decent at it and who wasn't. Yeah. (laughs) And and how many people would say, amen, Kevin says, I'll have to rewatch. How many people would say, 
I wasn't as, they'll be honest in their judgment. I wasn't as good at it as what I thought I was. Sure, absolutely. <laughs> Miss Sherry says, thank you, definitely rewatching. That's awesome. I think, I think all of us can say that. Uh, I wasn't as good at that as what I thought I was. Yeah. But now it's time to get good at it. Yeah. Apply it now because hear this. It's just going to get stronger. Yeah. And we're, we need to be stronger. So God, God will back us with his grace. You know, whatever the devil tries to pull out, God will always have more for, yep. right? No matter what level he comes up to, God's grace is always higher, always yeah. more. So all I've got to do is turn to him and do it his way. I'll always have more than what the devil has. Yeah. Well, and that's what came up to me as soon as I said no. The Lord brought that up as well. There's hope. You know, this broadcast may not seem to a natural mind like a hopeful broadcast because we outlined a lot of what's been happening in the world. But God, just like it may ramp up the world's ways, God has a supply that is unending. And just because there's darkness abounding, what does the word say about darkness? Light will always overtake the darkness. Light will always extinguish it every single time. So you may not have been great as soon as the spiritual warfare started to ramp up, but you can be, and you can be starting today. Just because that was how you were, this moment is an opportunity for you to be a brand new person. And you may have been weak, but guess what? God promises that if you're weak, God can and delights (coughs) in doing so, showing himself strong on your behalf. So just because there was a weakness, let the Lord today turn it into a strength. You are called to be strong and all yeah. the things listed, you can do it. You're called to do it. You can do it, and he will help you do it. That's right. Amen. Well, we just thank you for watching today, and uh, we're so glad. Listen, like, share, subscribe to the broadcast. If you're watching it, uh, make sure to put comments in the comment section. You can send us a question. You can make a point on there. We'd love to hear from you. You can go to whatsright.com. At any time, you yeah. can reach out to us if you have prayer requests. If you're looking for a church, even in your area, you may can suggest one and help you find one in your area. We have multiple connections around the world that might be able to help you. You're welcome to do that. We sow this broadcast into the world every single day. Uh, it is free to every viewer that wants to watch it to help them grow on the Word of God, be fresh daily bread every every weekday, and, and we want you to have it. You don't have to pay us. You don't have to give us anything. It is completely free. That being said, there are people that the Lord writes on their heart, I want to be a part of what you're doing. I want to partner with yeah. you and partake of that, and I want to sow finances I want to sow prayers. I even want to sow sharing the broadcast. I want to sow it so that this word gets out around the world uh, even better and help the people that are attached to it. One of the things you might not know about this ministry is it doesn't end just with this broadcast. Uh, In the next few months, I'm going to be in multiple states teaching and preaching uh, from the basis of this ministry. So when you sow, you actually partner with going and training pastors and ministers leaders in leadership, going and bringing the fire of God to churches. Uh, That's what's happening in just the next few months. I'll go around the world. There's a whole ministry trip 
and a crusade that we're doing in the Philippines next year. And it, it looks like we'll be ministering to somewhere between 15,000 to, to 30,000 people that we will be bringing the gospel to over mm -hmm. there. And so when you sow into this ministry, it's not just the daily broadcast, which is great. and Lives are changing just with this. It's that and more, yeah. and you're a part of that. And every bit of grace that's on it, you are a partaker of that grace. And every, every bit of reward, you can be a partaker of that reward as well. So if you would like to partner with that, you can go to giveww.org, give one time, or you can give on a recurring basis there. And uh, you can give Cash App, Venmo, PayPal, text to give even cryptocurrencies, NFTs, all that kind of stuff. You can sow it there. I, the details are there. We've made it easy for you. Our job is to receive that, utilize it for the work of Jesus around the world, but then also to bless, and in yeah. a spiritual nature, bless every sower and let that grace get on them and on their lives. So, Father, right now, anybody who is sowing, let them be blessed. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give to them. Let them be favor-filled in every way in Jesus' name. Let them be favor-filled in Jesus' name. We thank you, we praise you, and we give you the glory. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We praise you. Thank you, Lord, for blessing your people. Thank you, Lord, for supernatural grace. Thank you, Lord, for yeah. your goodness and your mercy. In Jesus' name, Thanks. praise you and worship you. Amen. 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 And glory to God. We just praise God for you. And thank you for partnering with us. Thank you for sharing the broadcast, commenting, subscribing, hitting the notification bell. Thank you for all of that. And thank you for being here and being a part of the What's Right family, Lunch Plus family. Love you so very much. Y'all have anything before we go? No, sir. Glory to God, we're going to hand it to Abigail to wrap it up, and we'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Hey, guys. I want to tell y'all something really cool. One thing that you may not know that you can do to help out this broadcast and getting it out to the world is, all right, first of all, you're watching on YouTube. So get YouTube on your TV. And then as you're, like, doing housework or whatever or, you know, you're off to work, just go to your YouTube, click on this channel, and just start, you know, playing the videos on your TV and just letting them play while you're doing things, you're off at work, because then that'll help all of YouTube and stuff say, hey, people are interested in it, and they'll start promoting it just for other people to watch. So that's one way that you can totally help this broadcast out, getting this word out to the nations. You can do that. Also by liking each video, sharing it, all those wonderful things. But guys, we will be back again tomorrow at 1130 and we're excited to see you. Bye.